we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Well, you all remember that uh, incredible speech uh, in the European uh, Parliament that uh, surely I have commented on and many, many others have as well uh, that Dr. Peter McCullough delivered. Uh, it, it was, uh, there was something about that. Uh, it, it, not just the delivery, but the context of that speech was uh, pretty eye-opening and it got a lot of attention and uh, got a lot of attention to some critics as well. And uh, we'll get into a little bit of that uh, today, friends, as well as your questions. Welcome to America Out Loud Pulse. It is Malcolm Out Loud here along with my co-host. Heavily criticized, Dr. McCullough. Yeah, you got a lot of titles, man, I have to tell you. So this one, <laughs> this, this one is uh, it's called Recently Health Feedback. So it's kind of a pro-vaccine uh, counterclaim, kind of a false counterclaim site and they they kind of fact check and criticize whatever they can. You know, there's some of these cats around, mm-hmm. and they and they say here, and I'm going to let you take this and explain because this is pretty heavy. Some of the accusations and comments they make here, they say uh, Peter McCullough makes inaccurate and misleading claims about COVID nineteen vaccines at event hosted by European political party. But uh, you know, that's like not a new revelation because you can see that when you go to Wikipedia, which people comment on all the time. In other words, it's people who have. Uh, 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 diverse opinions or opinions that are uh, different than facts. But what is it that they're really complaining about here, Peter? Well, you know, just in context, Health Feedback is an organization that kind of crossed my circles back in 2020. Now, that um, organization, if you go on their website, uh, they have article reviews, claim reviews, insight, and then uh, support us. Uh, and they, uh, if you look at their article reviews, they're 100% positive on vaccines. So if they review something, it's, it's oh, it's fact if it's positive on a vaccine. But if it gives something else other than positive, they claim it's inaccurate or false. Uh, so they have a 100% track record on only one side of the vaccine. And so, you know, this type of site, you'd have to wonder what purpose do they really serve? Now, the person who's really been on me, her name is Flora Teo, T-E-O-H. She's a science editor at Health Feedback. And uh, she was out there in 2020. The Gateway Pundit did an expose on here. Listen to this. Um, she uh, uh, obtained her PhD in Singapore in 2017, in October 2017, she held a postdoc position at Singapore Agency for Science, Technology, and Research. 2018, she joins an Asian scientist magazine as an intern, but she was fired after a few months. And then uh, she goes on to become affiliated with multiple international organizations uh, that are sponsored by Facebook, Google, MacArthur Foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Carnegie Foundation, and the Open Society Foundations, and the OMIDR network. November 2018, she joined Science Feedback, um, which is described as a crypto Facebook affiliate as a a science uh, editor. And then she she goes on a 
uh, a tear. And so she writes for Health Feedback. She also writes for a fact-checking organization called Maldita.es, International Fact-Checking Network, IFCN. That one's notorious. And the International Data Verification Network, which aims to promote good journalistic practices by fighting dissemination of what they term fake news. IFCN is a project of the Pointer Institute for Media Studies that was created in 2015. Pointer gets its grants and uh, funding from entities such as Google, MacArthur Foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Carnegie Foundation, etc. So T.O. Uh, goes through my European Parliament speech Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think because the Parliament speech, as it's been featured on our platform, has gotten a lot of views, Malcolm. Yeah. And yeah, so she uh, points out, uh, you know, factually inaccurate, misleading. And what she says, um, uh, she says that, you know, the risk of blood clotting problems fo- fo- following COVID-19 vaccination uh, is higher compared to the risk of uh, particular blood clotting disorder associated with viral uh, COVID-19 vector vaccines, COVID-19 messenger RNA vaccines, haven't been linked to an increased risk of blood clotting problems. So she's trying to essentially exonerate Pfizer and Moderna. And uh, so anytime people look at these fact-checking organizations, you you have to look at it. They're making claims themselves. She's not just trying to address what I said, they're making their own claim. She basically said there's no blood cutting problem with Pfizer and Moderna. So I published this substack just so people can really understand what's what, what's going on. We've got, uh, Malcolm, we've got now 11, no, 1,046 papers mm-hmm. on blood clots forming after COVID-19 vaccines. I insert the Wu paper from the FDA, which is on the Janssen vaccine, which is an antiviral vaccine. And listen to this. The Wu paper says, this is the US FDA publishing this. Wu works in Silver Springs, Maryland. It says of blood clots, 3790 blood clots. Most cases were serious. uh, That is life-threatening, fatal, or required hospitalization. Some clots were very severe. This is the FDA words, extending from the ankle to the groin, Involve, or involving both lungs at the same time. Uh, I insert the next paper just as an example, be calling colleagues from uh, Fresno, California on a case series of vaccines uh, of blood clots after Pfizer and Moderna, the messenger RNA vaccines, just to show you how wrong Tio is. And then finally, I give the Komori case, which is a fatal case with an autopsy, 72-year-old woman, she has a diffuse large B-cell lymphoma of the stomach. She dies two days at home after taking Pfizer. The body is riddled with micro blood clots all over the all over in every single organ, and they do a meticulous um, autopsy. And the final paper I pull in is by Tan and colleagues reporting over 24,000 blood clotting events uh, in peer-reviewed papers and reports how many are with, with each vaccine including Pfizer and Moderna. Um, and just to show you the magnitude of this, so I conclude by saying this brief exercise demonstrates how dangerous the false counterclaims are. They're, they're made by uncredentialed uh, internet blogger services that are deceiving the public on safety. One can't look to health feedback and get a, a message 
that says that blood clots don't occur after Pfizer and Moderna when the peer-reviewed literature is loaded with them. My advice is to follow you know, highly credentialed doctors. That's one of the reasons why we have so many doctors on the platform. That's, that's your credit of bringing us all on the platform because you can see how misleading these fact-check organizations really are. Yeah. Well, as you say, they're given one side of the story. Um, and, you know, I can, I can in fully, full disclosure here, say that in all the time we've been on air here, you, I mean, let's just call it what it is. You always give all sides of the story. I mean, th- that's a fact. I mean, you've given it fair and square straight off. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad based on data, based on hard evidence. I mean, you've always done that from day one. Even those that were good, and you said, "Well, if I have to take one, this is what I take." If this, I mean, you've always been feared. But you know, groups like this that are agenda-driven, uh, as you say, they give one side of the story. And right here, it says uh, in misleading: COVID nineteen vaccines haven't been linked to an increased risk of blood clot and problems. So they're trying to attest to the fact that the vaccines are not causing the blood clot and problems. Well, I can beg to differ just from the correspondence and the communication that comes in here. The amount of people who've had those who have blood clots is in the stratosphere, Peter. Yeah, it's, it is. It's absolutely in the stratosphere. We see it every day. It's part of medicine. And, you know, another strategy they take, and I want our listeners to be wary of this, is to say, well, there's more blood clots with COVID, the virus infection than it is the vaccine. Exactly, exactly. So this idea, and they say with myocarditis too, oh, there's a bigger problem with the infection. That that doesn't get the vaccine off the hook. It's just simply a cover-up. That is a medical bioscientific But is cover-up. it even true though when they, hold on now, because I, I understood that with COVID itself, that there were more with the vaccines than COVID. Is that correct or incorrect? For for myocarditis, it's clear. I t- in my understanding, is it's far more frequent and far more m- severe with the with the vac- vaccines. Mm-hmm. Now, with the blood clots, I see blood clots with COVID, the infection, and I see blood clots with the vaccine. However, seventy five percent of people took vaccines and they still got COVID. So, so, so this idea, so this, and in some countries that are listening to us, like Australia, it's 95% of people took vaccines. So this idea that you can somehow exonerate the vaccine by pointing to COVID, well, it, from 2021 on, it, it is the vaccine at baseline and then people get COVID. Yes. Why has this become uh, so emotional for people? There, I get the sense like people are emotionally invested into this, like they're either pro or con. Don't you find that? It's what we call vaccine ideology. It's it's in a sense okay. almost like a, a religion right. at this point in time. And it kind of goes like this, that mankind is inherently vulnerable and we're vulnerable to diseases. And through the brilliance of mankind, we can make ourselves resilient by taking vaccines. This has been going on probably about for about 150 years. Goes back to Edward Jenner, Louis Pasteur, and it's an ideology. And because the vaccines are not perfect, the only way for them to work is for everyone to take them. Nobody can question a vaccine. It's called vaccine ideology. It's it's uh, basically like almost like a religious belief, like a talisman, and it flows just in completely opposite direction from a a more natural, reasonable thought that 
you know, mankind is a creation of God and, and, you know, mankind doesn't improve upon God's creation. And I think that's where we, where we see so much conflict. Uh, And, you know, I never really critically considered vaccines in my career until the COVID-19 vaccines came along. Now I'm doing a critical reappraisal and starting to realize what a flawed uh, thought pattern that really is. Yeah, well, as you stated, uh, you had you always had them. You had vaccines before yeah. all this, right? I mean, you believe you weren't an anti-vax person uh, that I know of. Um, you know what else is ironic? I read here in the copy. Uh, you know, it's just kind of ironic to me. They say the health feedback people, this uh, people here, say that you have repeatedly promoted the sale of unproven supplements supposed to detox the spike protein. Experts have pointed out that detoxification is neither useful nor necessary for COVID-19 vaccination. Now, I'd say this is so egregious, it's unbelievable, that statement. Number one, uh, who has promoted the sale of unproven vaccines, uh, people? I mean, (laughs) get out of here. What are you talking about? Come on. Right or wrong, Peter? Come on. It's true. People are worried about you know, probably a hundred different suppliers who make natokinase or bromelain and they sell it for 20 or $30 a bottle. I think my wife saw a bottle on Amazon last night for 14 bucks. So, you know, people are really worried about that, but they're not worried about hundreds of billions of dollars that have poured into vaccine companies for completely unproven genetic vaccines. Exactly. I, I mean, the, the the contrast can't be more stark. And so this idea of, well, well, experts say it's unproven. Well, we have a scientific rationale. We do have randomized trials with curcumin, not with bromelain or natokinase, but we have a scientific basis. We've published the best we, we can on that. The Biden administration and HHS have spent $100 billion on long COVID. They haven't come up with a single drug or a single protocol to follow. Now, if we go to clinicaltrials.gov and type in natokinase, there's not a single large trail scale clinical trial that's even planned at this point in time. So we don't have the scientific basis that people are going to be able to say, well, this is proven. It's based on clinical judgment. And this idea, well, it's unnecessary. Malcolm, 15% of people are sick after these vaccines, and and some of them have symptoms for a couple of years. So to just hand wave it away and say it's not necessary, I think it's being very disingenuous to sick patients all the way around the world. Yeah, and some people have died as well from it, by the way, not just got sick, I mean, from them. So it's pretty serious stuff. Uh, But, you know, the worst part about it is they were given these to unsuspecting people like uh, children, uh, children, people that didn't need them, uh, athletes, that kind of thing. And then the claim that another thing that gets me is when she says they point out that detoxification is neither useful nor necessary for COVID-19 vaccination. The whole idea of that buildup of the spike protein in the body is lethal. And people know it uh, in a combination of COVID and vaccines. And this is why people are having so many problems and challenges with this. And really, I think people, quite frankly, I see a lot of people uh, messaging in here and they want to know how to detox. Now, all of our naturopathic doctors know this and believe in it and preach this. And these guys are pretty particular. The uh, nature, As you know, uh, Peter, the uh, naturopathic doctors, the medical doctors know it. Everybody and the nurses know it. Everybody knows 
that the detoxification is one of the best things you can do for yourself to get that crap out of your system, right or wrong? It certainly has the greatest scientific rationale. Every single study indicating organ dysfunction, disease, or death points to the spike protein. Every single one of the you know, clearly the messenger RNA is in tissues and it produces the spike protein. A recent paper by Clausen and colleagues from Harvard, Department of Pathology, found the messenger RNA stuck in the human heart outcome. It's physically in the human heart of people who've died after the vaccine. Now, they didn't have a good stain for spike protein, but they showed inflammation in the heart directly adjacent to the messenger RNA that they've uh, found there. And, and now the most recent paper uh, that's just come out this week is by Reckenfeller. And it is a basic science study where they took adult rat heart muscle cells, cardiomyocytes, and they sprinkled Pfizer or Moderna vaccine on the heart muscle cells. They took up Pfizer and Moderna, and then the heart cells got sick. They started to show a disease pattern in terms of contraction and electrical conduction. So it's a, it took about 48 hours. It took 48 hours and the heart muscles were physically sick after they were exposed to Pfizer and Moderna. So we're building more and more evidence to show the direct heart toxicity of messenger RNA COVID-19 vaccines. And the thing that was interesting to me is that with the last paper I quoted, a Reckenfeller study, that would occur with any messenger RNA vaccine. So we, 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 you know, it is a disaster for heart muscle cells to take up any drug in general, and we certainly wouldn't want it to take up a messenger RNA vaccine for flu or RSV or any other illness. Because again, the heart muscle cells have no business trying to express a foreign protein. It's going to make them sick. So one of the things in my piece that will be out this week is that, uh, wait a minute, you know, we we really you know, think the COVID-19 vaccines are unsafe, but this is looks like the entire messenger RNA line for vaccines is going to be unsafe. It's going to have cardiac toxicity. You know, when you consider that people are, we're still having this discussion on vaccines, even at this late juncture, and people still have this ideology in them, you know, it harkens back to, I was just thinking of, uh, this has been an ongoing fight from moment one. Think about the early treatment. Think about hydroxychloroquine. Think about ivermectin. Think about the controversy with remdesivir. All these were really polarizing conversations and they became highly politicized. You were either for or against, and people got really testy. And then not only that, but then they all censored you and they threw you off of stuff. If you had an opposing viewpoint, no matter what it was based on, based on data, based on facts, uh, based on studies, uh, which is not what they did for the vaccines at all, you became part of the enemy. I mean, this has been what I'm saying is this has been an ongoing battle. It's a psychological battle from day one. Everything that has been helpful to human beings has been contested and debated and brutalized from people like this group here you're speaking about. Is that is, is that not correct? Right, Peter? It's, it's been that true. way from yeah, the beginning. It, it's true. And and we believe that, you know, their funding source is this biopharmaceutical complex. That's what I was complex. going to ask you. That's what I was going oh, to ask you. It's a biopharmaceutical yeah. complex. Yeah. I want to get one more citation in because this is out on Friday, uh, October 13th. This was posted. Uh, but a study from uh, Belgium and... Uh, this uh, study 
reported from the uh, Granigi Hospital in Kortrijk, uh, Belgium, uh, patients with COVID-19 had CT scans that showed COVID illness. You know, this is over the last uh, four years. They received hydroxychloroquine or they did not receive hydroxychloroquine. And they found indeed patients who received hydroxychloroquine tended to be sicker and they had a lower mortality rate. Hmm. Uh, and so um, this is really important that, you know, this goes on. The, the first author is uh, Dr. Meese and um, you know, it's, it, it is effective. And so, you know, it comes out, you know, three years later, but the point is, early on in the pandemic, we had signals of benefit with multiple drugs, and we had clinical observation. We were observing patients get better. In the end, what matters? Patients getting better, not the debate over the inadequacy of the studies. So, you know, here we are again, you know, at the point where people uh, were denied hydroxychloroquine, they were denied ivermectin, uh, denied budesonide, colchicine, full-dose anticoagulation. They were given remdesivir, which the WHO said, don't give. And then the vaccines come out and they're told the only way back is to take a vaccine, which turned out to be unsafe and not effective at all. We think the entire, the whole program is the biopharmaceutical complex that we outlined in our book, Courage to Face COVID-19. Which, speaking of, is now back on Amazon, believe it or not. Talking, talking about censorship and all of that, uh, they finally, uh, I guess they succumbed to what, the heat, the pressure, and they put it back up there, yeah? It's really, but it was an unprecedented sequence of things that that happened. And, you know, many thanks to America Out Loud and all of our listeners, people yeah. on the platform who, who people got- People were outraged. Uh, I got a lot, a lot of yeah, messages. Who were outraged and, yeah. and they- yeah. You know, they went after it. Uh, you know, we put a big pr- uh, push on this and and we made the point that, well, wait a minute, that, you know, censorship of works of literary art are not common uh, uh, on Amazon. This is not this is not like a Twitter account. This is very, very different. And in one of our posts, what we put out there is uh, we we put out a um you know, a listing of what other uh, books had actually really been banned from from Amazon. I just want to read them. One of them is Mein Kampf, which is, you know, the work of Adolf Hitler. That's right. And, uh, you know, that's been banned on Amazon, although there's lots of different kind of republications of that. Um, there's another one that's banned. This is kind of interesting. I'm going to see if I can get to it. It is about when Harry turns into Sally. Have you heard of that one? When Harry turns into Sally? No, I know the movie Harry and Sally. (laughs) Yeah, it's a takeoff of that. It must be. Right, and it's a takeoff of that, and it's basically a... um, uh, It's going against the transgender agenda. Oh, when uh, because the movie was when Harry met Sally, right? Right, right. Yeah. So it's, right. it's going against the transgender it's, it's, agenda. And they didn't like they didn't like it. Amazon. They didn't like the right. agenda. Right. So that one's up there. Yeah. And I want to say there's just a, a few more th- that are up there. About five. So our book, Courage to Face COVID-19, was going to be like book number six ever censored by Amazon. Amazon's got millions of books listed on there. 
So what took place is we appealed three times. They said it has offensive content, but wouldn't tell us where it's offensive. We put on this blitz on social media about censorship. I filed uh, a Freedom of Information Act to figure out who in the government is contacting Amazon about our book, assuming that uh, Amazon could be acting like a state actor. That was filed through American First Legal. Tony Lyons, who is the uh, CEO of Skyhorse Publishing, they're the New York trade publisher that carries our hard copy. Uh, he made uh, phone calls. And then we got a notice at about two weeks to say, oh, your book is back up and uh, we made a mistake. And they don't give any reason, right? They never no do. reason. They never no do. reason. Yeah. So we think it was actually pressure yeah. and people applying pressure to Amazon to let them know, listen, this is a slippery slope. This is not canceling someone's YouTube account. This is, if we start a modern day book burning, and that's what our videos are out there. People loved our videos where we showed our book getting tossed in the fire. We had one where there were German brown shirts throwing our books in the fire, but they had little Amazon patches on instead of swastikas. And we showed that. Um, uh, all kinds of animated things. It was a complete uh, team effort to blitz uh, uh, social media on this, saying, listen, Amazon can't conduct a major book burning here without uh, a, a backlash. Yeah. And I, th I think that's what yeah. they've learned. Well, maybe. There were a lot of people who uh, suggested uh, to us they wanted us, the network here to get behind a uh, complete boycott on Amazon mm -hmm. And I see I've got a bunch of messages. And like Cindy says here, books are critical to preserve our history for future generations. Get the word out to all, to everybody, podcasters, everybody. Tell the folks to give up Amazon for a month at least. It, it worked mm -hmm. for Target and Bud Light, she said. Uh, and a lot of people felt that no matter what happened here, that th this, uh, um, this organization needs to be put in their place. Uh, but that's the only way you can get back at these kinds of conglomerates is to hit them in the pocketbook, you know, really. It's true. Yeah. But what a, what a behemoth they are. And to try to move the needle, you know, people buy so many things through Amazon. They may not be paying attention to this. The one thing I've learned for anybody out there who's an author, I know there are some people in our listening group that are authors, is diversity. So we had published, we self-published the soft cover uh, in the audio through Amazon, through a local uh, print uh, uh, stamp here in Dallas. But we published the hard copy through Skyhorse. And Robert F. Kennedy wrote the uh, uh, introduction to it. It's a beautiful hard copy. And we, we actually had that not only through Amazon, but we had it through Barnes & Noble. Uh, we also sold the book independently through the website, so we had, which means we had to, you know, create a warehouse arrangement and a wholesaler to distribute the book when people order through the website. The point is, Malcolm, diversity, because you, when you don't control the platform, now you, you can. Uh, we've got the link through our bookstore on the uh, America Out Loud News yeah. website. Yeah. We had it through uh, the wellness company. But diversity really matters in this day and age. And I know you work on your channels a lot to make sure that you've got backup after backup after backup. Yeah, you'll have to. You'll have to because they're, they're coming at you otherwise uh, a, a full boat here. And uh, so we've learned to do that. Uh, this speech, by the way, uh, which I think was singularly 
I just do believe it was the most incredible uh, speech. And I'm speaking about the one of the European Parliament where we started uh, moments ago. Yeah, I just want to mention to you all, we published that full transcript, by the way, because it is absolutely, uh, it just needed to be that way. And so it is published. It, it is at americaoutloud.news. And it's entitled, and, and you remember Dr. McCullough said this multiple times, and I thought it would be very fitting for a title. It is the vaccine until proven otherwise. And then Dr. Peter McCullough at the European Parliament, that is the title. If you go to the uh, site on the left sidebar, uh, on AmericaOutloud.news, says COVID resources. And it's right there, planted permanently right there. And just below that, you'll get the uh, the other post that is very, very popular. There's some pretty big ones there, actually, uh, right under COVID resources on the front page. And that's the clinical rationale for SARS-CoV-2 uh, base spike protein detoxification, which uh, we talk about. Um, yeah, we've got some pretty cool stuff up there, actually. The nasal hygiene summit we did uh, with uh, uh, Nathan Jones and uh, Dan Nichols, both, actually, for Clear and uh, Cofix. Uh, the McCullough Protocol, people still are looking for that, but we get those requesting all the time. That's also under COVID resources right on the left-hand side. And we keep them there so they're readily available for you all. And there's a lot of different authors there and people, but you'll find Dr. McCullough's. Yeah, yeah. And that original post I just kind of captured my eyes, glanced at, um, that he took the photograph on his kitchen counter right in the heat of COVID. Uh, he yeah. called me with that photograph and we went live with that post. Dilute povidine iodine nasal oral washes for the prevention and treatment of COVID-19. Well, that's history, isn't it, Dr. McCullough? It is you know? history, but you know, to give an update on this, it still comes up uh, every day. I do believe that the nasal and oral hygiene, probably one of our greatest contributions and great credit given to, to Nate Jones, also the the inventors and uh, leadership team for Cofix RX uh, uh, did wonderful job. If anything we've learned, Malcolm, is dilute. Even what's on that post is too strong. Yeah. If it burns going up in the nose, it's too strong, diluted. Almost all the products you buy over the counter, they're too strong. I open them up and I add some water to them. Right. So people need to understand this should not hurt if they spray it up their nose. Well, uh, but, but Cofix and Clear don't hurt. I mean, they don't. They're made for this. Well, the Cofix does some, and I still think that one could dilute them if they have any discomfort. Wow. That's my clinical tip. But the point of all this is that the America Out Loud News platform has some of the most practical links that you can share with your friends and family. People are always asking, well, where is the, what should I do with the nose and mouth? Nasal Hygiene Summit. Get that link, send it there. What about McCullough Protocol? We've got that. Uh, what about uh, the detoxification? Uh, so what I've done is I've made some helpful graphics of the links and what they show. With the um, with the bar, and I'm constantly utilizing them because that's how you help other people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, this is a this is a person to person discussion. We know on vaccine safety, Malcolm, the uh, Reuters and the AP Press now are reporting as of October fourth, twenty twenty three, the rate of anybody taking a booster is one point three percent. So yeah, the, we said that. That's crazy. That's what. That's terrific. That's great. Yeah, well, the word is out. People know yeah, they're not safe. Right. Yeah. Um. You know they know they're not safe. Yeah. And, and that word is has gotten out there. The word has gotten out there regarding uh, early treatment. Yeah. And uh. And, and people are prepared now. You know, we've been told there's going to be another pandemic. There's going to be another pandemic. 
Well, if there is, it's probably going to be a, another virus from a bio, a bio lab. There's so many biological threat programs going on. These bio labs have, uh, you know, they have security breaches. That would be the next most likely thing to happen. And that oral nasal hygiene is going to be the defense. The pandemic we have to worry about is another infectious virus. And that oral nasal hygiene is is absolutely critical to knock that virus out early so the body's immune system can handle it. One of the problems with COVID is it got in our nose and mouth. We didn't knock it down with the nasal sprays and gargles at first. And then it literally was able to take over the system, invade the lungs, and then it was off to the races. So we're cutting it off at the pass. And I've been following this most recent outbreak. It's not taking off like prior outbreaks. It's going to be, it looks like a pretty mild outbreak. We're not hearing anything about hospitalizations. You know, businesses aren't, aren't closing down. Uh, we're going to get through this just fine. You know, I wanted to ask you that. I'm glad you brought that up because I've sensed exactly what you just said. As uh, Oddly, uh, as we were coming into the season here, uh, you know, there was a lot of suspect. And of course, remember, we talked a few weeks ago, people were ramping up the fear conversation. And I was wondering what was going to happen as we moved into October. And it sort of has died down now. You're not, I'm not seeing too much in the way of fear anymore. I think people have a handle on this, is my guess, Peter. I really do believe they have a handle on it. I think everybody is more informed now. Like we were really ill prepared when COVID hit. Like we didn't really have all this information. And we everybody was shocked. I remember going through all of this early on. And we learned so much on the fly as the early treatment was, you know, being denied for so many people. Uh, you know, this is really a hell of an experience coming through all that, actually. Then learning through all the nasal hygiene stuff, all of that, learning the early treatment protocol, how important that was. All of this, was, now we are more prepared. And so I, it doesn't look like it's uh, taken off. But this is great news, actually. Uh, it, it is. It's great news. And, you know, I have to be honest, Malcolm, as a doctor, I was caught by surprise. Exactly. I was caught by, by I was behind on this on the very first episode of COVID. Can you imagine, you know, a grandmother in, in uh, independent living or in her own apartment, how easily one could be overwhelmed with, with fear, confused messages, lack of access to medications, and how this could have easily just cycled into uh, an absolute uh, fear-driven collapse, which is what happened in 2020. We're far more prepared now. Yeah. We're far more resilient. I think as a as a population, I review with every patient: Are you ready to go with the nasal sprays and gargles? You've got some iodine at home or xylitol. Just figure out what you have. Do you have zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, quercetin? Do you have the supplies ready to go? Sure. A lot sure. of people actually do have ivermectin hydroxychloroquine at home. They've managed to procure that. Yeah. Uh, they're ready to go right now. Almost everybody has natokinase, bromelain, and curcumin on the detoxification side. And of interest, the, at least the natokinase, we have pretty good data. It probably prevents COVID because in the preclinical studies, if you introduced a, a SARS-CoV-2 virus, the natokinase would dissolve the spike protein away and it would leave the ball of the virus, a nuchal capsid, which was benign. It couldn't invade anything. Remember, the spike protein allows the virus to invade. Wow. So the natto may, may provide additional benefit. By the way, more positive data with natto, a large study by Chen and colleagues was published. Now, it wasn't in COVID, but it was in patients with high cholesterol 
and about half of them had uh, blockages in the in the arteries going in the neck to the brain and carotid atherosclerosis. The cholesterol went down in the Chen study in you know, a fair compare, comparison group, not a randomized trial, but a very fair prospective cohort. Cholesterol went down 18%, LDL cholesterol, and the uh, blockage improved. The amount of thickness of atherosclerosis in the neck improved. So more positive data with natokinase. Japanese have been using it for a long time as a cardiovascular supplement. But as a cardiologist, you know, I think our patients are getting the benefit, both a cardiovascular benefit and a detoxification benefit of natokinase. And the best-in-class product we have in the United States at this time is the wellness company, Spike Support. You know, of note, Japan got through COVID-19 more easily than countries. People were greatly worried about Japan. I was on national TV actually advising about the Olympics, I remember at the time. And the concern was they have an elderly population. They have one of the oldest populations in the world. Even though they take good care of themselves, you know, age is an important risk factor, but they got through okay. Now they eat natto, which is partially fermented soy. It's kind of a sticky, gooey. They eat it for breakfast, Malcolm. Wow, wow. And a lot of Americans can't eat a bite of that stuff. But I did have a patient come in saying, listen, I've, I've learned to eat natto. I lived over there for a while and, mm-hmm. and we eat it. I guess it's kind of, you know, I don't know, eating sour yogurt, yogurt or, or uh, something. There's a Middle Eastern dish that you have to get used to too. It's called ful, F-U-L, and it's made out of fava beans. And they eat it for breakfast. You know, some of these breakfast foods are designed when you eat them, you are full all day. I mean, you're wiped out the rest of the day. You cannot eat for the rest of the day. I think they used to eat those things and go out in the fields and work. Or, or Well, uh, they look at these areas. They call what, blue zones, right? I believe they call them blue zones around the world. And these are people that live like what? Like really like older, like to 100 or something, right? right. And they're quite something. I mean, but they have a regiment to what they do is what you're saying. Uh, and these regiments are proven evidently within those uh but like there's a lot of them in Europe. There's certain areas they do really well. Boy, they could use some of that here in America for sure. Um, those those zones. Uh, these uh, the key to all this. Well, let me just tell you here the um, the spike support. Any of those things. Um, uh, AmericaOutloud.shop is specifically a place we have built for uh, the America Out Loud family. That's exactly what it is. Um, but here's the key to this whole thing, guys. And, and you're an informed audience out there. So do your research. Never take anybody's word specifically for it. Do your own research. And the reason I say that is because any one of those companies, we deal with the really top tier organizations and companies in America Loud Shop. It's just the truth. And we've had a lot of people want to get in there, but we don't take all these things. That's why we don't sell a lot. We don't just take people to take them. They have to be proven. We have to, you know, understand what they are. And we want the links to research and studies on there. So all, no matter what company you go to, you're going to find that with all of them in there. And you'll also get the discounts that we have uh, put together and negotiated for you. So like with the Spike Support, the wellness company or or One Wellness that amazing plan, which, by the way, if you need prescriptions for ivermectin, uh, for hydroxychloroquine or any of that, or even exemption letters, this is something you can transact right through the wellness company, through One Wellness, it's called. And all of that is a product that comes with that, by the way. But you get 25% off these products by using the code out loud or just click the link at AmericaOutloud.shop. Uh, also, the nasal hygiene, I want to mention, Clear is an amazing product, and Nate Jones has done an incredible job in that product. 
and also spry spry is their other product that comes with it for the throat and all and these products uh, you can get at your pharmacy drugstores that kind of thing but still the link is there in shop and there's a lot of research attached to that and information he's done a great job with the site same thing for cofix rx you can get 25 percent off they have a new throat spray again out loud 25 all that stuff is there. healthy sellers there uh, the products yeah so check it out and you know my wife and i engage all these products we haven't had we've had zero problems you don't really have been sick at all but we take all this stuff as a preventive we don't wait till we're sick we take it as a preventive and because it's about a healthy immune system and that's what we do and it's been very effective for us so i encourage you to look but, at that but, but malcolm i wanted to say i'm waiting for you to say the phrase you always say when we get to this part of the show I know you're going to say it. It's the phrase that the CDC will never tell you on their website. But you know what you always say? You always say, do your own research. That's exactly it. Yeah, I said it. Do your own research. Isn't that interesting here in America out loud? We tell you, we offer these products, we review them, we link them to the data, but we tell you to do your own research. The CDC and the whole government narrative never tells people to do that. Yeah, yeah, they just well, tell them, yeah. believe what we say and take the vaccine. That's exactly it. What a great point that is, man. Uh, we, we listen. We have smart people. Smart people listen to talk radio. It's just as a fact. It's not my opinion. It's what the data proves. Uh, smart people. They want to be informed. They want to be knowledgeable, and they want to engage with people like this. And that's why our audience is that kind of an audience. I mean, they're they're terrific people and they're smart. They want to be. So this is natural that they want to read this. So never take anybody's word for it. We can't give direct medical advice. But if you do your own research and look at this stuff, then you can make an educated decision on what works for you. And then if not, send your questions in and we'll put them on and we'll, we'll give an educated thought process back to it, which we're going to do in just a moment, by the way. And we're doing this with a lot of the shows. And by the way, Nurses Out Loud, uh, I love I love this group. They're doing marvelous. They are taking questions now as well. If you go to shows in the nav bar at uh, americaoutloud.news, right? Go to Nurses Out Loud and send a question in to Nurse Jody, Nurse Kimberly, uh, Nurse Michelle, and they'll take them on their site and answer. It's a new format they're doing, and they'll answer the questions just like Looking for Heal and Radio does. Uh, that artist Elie Schmidt and all of them are doing a fabulous job. I just love what we do here. I have to tell you, I was talking to Dr. Harvey Reese earlier today and said, you know, I just love what we do here, man. And and how can you, you know, we were talking about Pulse, he and I were. I said, well, where else can you get a show where you got Dr. Harvey Reese on there? You can talk to Peter Bregan, you got Dr. Marilyn Singler, and you got Dr. Peter McCullough and, and Vong and Tankersley. I mean, come on, come on. It doesn't exist. So, but and, it does here. Yeah. And you know, we learn from one another and we actually learn from case vignettes. And so this is publicly disclosed, but a lot of people know Nurse Michelle. Nurse Michelle, before she joined the platform, she was on America Out Loud Talk Radio McCullough Report yep. uh, as really a heroine of the South in saving so many people with COVID. Well, Michelle was up north with her family canoeing, Malcolm, <laughs> and she has a canoeing accident yeah. and has a broken hip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was. Uh, we were communicating and, yeah. and uh, back and, and forth. She didn't miss a beat, though. She didn't miss a beat. No, she didn't miss a beat. And you know what I told her? Right. This is really important for all of our listeners out there yeah. that are going to have hip surgery. I said, Michelle, you're going to... And she had all these questions and I kind of answered them, allayed her fears and said, listen, you got to go with this. You've got to get this uh, repaired because uh, hip fractures need to be repaired even in the ultra elderly, because you've got to be 
repaired. Otherwise, it, it can be a disaster. Uh, let me give you their email address. You can go under the shows to nurses, as I say, but you can also, here's the email address. It's very easy. It's at nurses at americaoutloud.com. It'll go right to the ladies. Uh, they're nurses at americaoutloud.com and they'll get the emails or just go to shows, nurses, and there's, you can just send your email on that way as well. Take a quick pause, uh, my fellow Americans and all of our dear friends, and I'll be back uh, for Q&A 87 in just a moment. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe. Air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out americaoutloud.shop, look for ASEA Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement, and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health has improved. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Out loud. And we join you back here on America Out Loud Pulse. It is Malcolm Out Loud here along with Dr. Peter McCullough. Uh, Diving into some questions now. Danielle says, I'm a 67-year-old female who uh, is fighting a horrible upper and lower respiratory infection for five days after coming home from overseas. I'm healthy, only felt worse in 21 with COVID. Same symptoms. Got uh, Keflex, uh, Ventolin, and Capnist from doctor. No response, so I pulled out my Dr. Uh, McCullough protocol and started doing that and felt better in two days. Still not totally perfect, but much better. My question, could this be a new strain of RSV? Or as they're pushing this now, uh, have you seen people with COVID-like symptoms lately, she's asking? 
You know, it could be. I was on TV this morning regarding uh, RSV, but I got to RSV tends to be pretty wheezy. It's different than COVID. Uh, very responsive to a nebulizer. If anybody thinks they're prone or if they've had a child under one or a couple of young kids, uh, get a nebulizer. They're probably like $20 at the store and be ready. We can use uh, some nebulized albuterol. Uh, you can use nebulized saline, which is you know available over the counter or budesonide when we really need it. And the key to getting through RSV is the nebulizer. One has to kind of breathe this medicine in and get through it. I think it's different. I haven't seen any bona fide cases. I don't think we need vaccines for RSV. Malcolm, they're giving vaccines to third trimester pregnancy, uh, women who are pregnant and trying to passively immunize the baby, giving babies monoclonal antibodies of RSV on day one, and then later on vaccines. I think it's overkill. Yeah, I can't imagine uh, from the correspondence of pregnant women that anybody would take a chance with anything even close to that. So we've seen some of the horror stories. Uh, why chance it at this point? Well, this one's from Barbara. I've been reading about methylene blue, antiviral, fungal, bacterial, and parasitic that are supposed to treat or prevent flu, colds, COVID, etc. I would love your opinion if this may be beneficial to take daily in the winter for these illnesses. Have you heard of this? I've heard it. I don't think so. I went down to the Bahamas to see a demonstration on this about giving methylene blue and then oh. using, um, uh, infra, uh, you know, ultraviolet light in the mouth and uh, in nose area. I, th I still think it's highly experimental. Methylene blue can drop the blood pressure. It does have some applications in cardiac surgery and in urology, but I, I would say no to it. I think it's, I think it's a little too far out there. All right, good. This one's from Abby. She says, here in the UK, we've had a 27-year-old female football soccer player die suddenly, awful and terrifyingly sad. Dr. McCullough, what is the mechanism for these sudden deaths? Is they, are they all a subclinical myocarditis? Uh, have you seen myocarditis two years post-jab and people previously myocarditis-free, she's asking as well? The answer is yes. We think most of them are subclinical myocarditis. The cross and paper show the messenger RNA is physically stuck in the heart. The spike protein is in the heart, as shown by Bowmeyer and colleagues many months later. The MRI may not pick it up because the area may be so small. There's spike protein there. The cardiomyocytes are dysfunctional. The electricity doesn't conduct in a smooth way through this area of inflammation. And all we need is the tiniest area and then electricity goes around it when the heart depolarizes. That's called a reentrant arrhythmia. And uh, it can be very fast. It can take the uh, athletes down very quickly. And uh, they suffer cardiac arrests. Now, the vaccine in a paper from University of Iowa, where Oshansky is the, the senior author, and Brian Oshansky, who I know, they do report a case where they think the vaccine directly caused a cardiac arrest without myocarditis. And they think it's a primary electrical problem. And it was in a woman who took the first shot, got a bit sick. Second shot, she started passing out. And they couldn't figure out what was wrong, Malcolm. So they put in an implantable cardiac monitor under the skin. And then uh, she gets the third shot, which is you just can't believe that they're doing this. They give her the third shot, and then she has a full-blown cardiac arrest, and the monitor captures what goes on. It's called torsade de point, which is a uh, polymorphic ventricular tachycardia. 
And it implied a primary electrical event. So I communicated with them. I said, you know, is this myocarditis or do you think this is a primary arrhythmic? They said primary arrhythmic. The point is the vaccine can cause cardiac arrest through multiple mechanisms. And we should assume it's the vaccine until proven otherwise. Mm, there you go. Now, this one is from Lynn. My husband was hit by a car while driving his bicycle. He is unvaxxed for COVID. He had to have two units of blood while in the hospital. What would be the best way to detox from possible spike proteins from the blood transfusions? We had a lot of questions about this, actually. I think it's fine. Again, uh, you know, uh, bicycle accident, hip fracture, something like this, pelvic fracture. Uh, once in the recovery phase, perfectly safe to take natokinase, bromelain, and curcumin, according to the uh, base spike detoxification that I've published, that's perfectly fine. I had a case recently where a young man got seven units of blood in the hospital and said, doc, did I get the vaccine transfused in me? So I measured the antibodies against the spike protein. And I can tell you using our extended range assay in the United States, if it's just the COVID infection, the number will come out at about 400 to 600. But if they've taken the vaccine, it'll come out like 15,000. It's like, it's, it's wow. way higher. And his came back at 400 to 600. I said, listen, there's no signs that you were inadvertently vaccinated. In vitrogen has announced that their spike protein assay is commercially available. So our group is uh, writing LabCorp right now to figure out, listen, how can we just directly measure the spike protein? That's gonna be step number two. But for this man, I think it's perfectly fine to use the base spike detoxification that we have on the America Out Loud platform. Just look for it and you'll you'll get all the, the descriptions and in, in the exact doses. There you go, yeah. Just left sidebar, friends, COVID resources. So this one's from Ryan. Based on your experience with your patients and the people who are vaccinated, what are you finding in terms of the severity of symptoms in regards to the batch the individual took, uh, what kind of things are you seeing on those who are vaccinated with the high-risk bat batches to those with the medium risk? Great question. So all the vaccines now have listings on the website, how bad is my batch? And they're rank ordered. As I recall, I think Pfizer has about 168 um, batches. So you can look to the, the the most deadly batch is number one, the most benign batch is 168. So you can look up your number and see where you are. This is what I'm finding. The people at the higher danger level batches, they get immediately sick, Malcolm. I had a guy today, he took a shot within a few hours, immediately sick, sore arm, fever, nausea, vomiting, feels like a train ran over them, chest pain. Uh, and uh, sure enough, he went on to develop myopericarditis, small fiber neuropathy. The guy's been ruined for two years. Um, my mother-in-law, she took two shots, nothing, not even a sore arm. She said she couldn't, she didn't even know anybody gave her a shot. To this day, she's never had a single side effect. I, I, I'm convinced she probably had a low risk batch. So we should probably look them up. I asked for my wife uh, to dig up her mother's vaccine card. And typically, like a mother-in-law or your grandmother, Malcolm, she can't find it. So we can't look it up. <laughs> okay. This, one, <laughs> this one's from Kathy. Uh, Dr. McCullough, the mRNA is delivered by the lipid nanoparticles throughout the whole body. Now, what I don't understand is why it did not cause equal damage. And the lipids only traveling everywhere in some people because of the strength of the dose. I know that the mRNA can separate from the lipids and could be possible uh, that if that happens, the mRNA could be broken quicker. 
Is that why people are feeling slightly feverish because the body is breaking it down? Yes, that's a very good point. Now, the lipid nanoparticle with Pfizer Moderna uses polyethylene glycol, whereas with Janssen and AstraZeneca, it uses polysorbide 80. Those, uh, the body, you know, those are foreign substances. But here's another variable. And I interviewed on my platform, Marc Girardot, who's an engineer from France. And Mark pointed out, and he's done very good scholarship on this, about 2.5% of the shots, Malcolm, they probably directly go into a small vein or a small artery in the arm. Uh, you, you know, you know that the people injecting them are typically not your top level nurses. They're pharmacists at CVS, whatever you, and they're not aspirating back. So when we put a needle in the arm, we should actually pull back the plunger, make sure we don't see a fat flash of blood and then inject it into the flesh of the muscle. But if we see a flash of blood, then we have to reposition the needle. It's almost never done. And he estimates about 2.5% are getting a mainline shot and said, this is another variable about why people sometimes feel immediately sick. I mean, one of the, you know, there's been about 1,100 Americans that have died in the vaccine center or just an hour or two later. It's crazy. They may absolutely have gotten crazy. a mainline shot. Yeah, absolutely crazy. I'm going to get this last one in from Helen. Dr. McCullough, people are still dying two years after the shots, and it's terrifying. Is there a correlation between the number of shots, the time from the last shot to the deaths we are seeing today? Say if you had two shots, are they dying at a higher rate than those with three or four? Another great question. We have not seen cumulative toxicity studies. All we can say is that we're watching events happen with shot one, with shot two, and they're happening on shot three. There was a case I summarized on my Substack of a man who did fine with five shots, and then he dies on number six. Wow. It makes sense to me that there's cumulative toxicity, but I still have not seen a study yet demonstrating cumulative toxicity. It's very hard to publish any safety studies on the vaccines. So some have responded to this and said, listen, it's like Russian roulette. Each new shot is a new chance to have a disaster you just just you're spinning the the, the you know the chambers and a revolver interesting way to look at it Rus russian roulette in that way i i would say i think most people would probably agree with me when i say i prefer to die on my terms thank you very much not through the yeah not through the point of vaccines and boosters but uh Friends, that's a wrap here. Uh, Q&A 87 is in the books here. Uh, join us back at americaoutloud.news and please help us share the out loud truth around our great country and around the world. And please pray for Israel. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us on the mission here on America Out Loud Pulse. Always a beat ahead.